Welcome to Series 2 of the Purple Rainbow Pancreatic Cancer Podcast. I'm Leslie Goodburn and I decided to develop the podcast after the death of my husband Seth from pancreatic cancer. I wanted to help others understand the disease, its impact, the work that goes on every day to find treatments and hopefully one day a cure. Throughout the series you'll be accompanied by me and my friend Charlotte Foster from Charlotte Foster Productions and we'll talk all about the aspects of the disease from biology to emotional and physical impact. Along the way, we'll meet patients, families, doctors, nurses, oncologists, researchers, lots of different people with varied and different interesting experiences of the disease. The podcast will be frank about the reality of the disease. They will show the commitment and dedication of people working to support a breakthrough in a cancer where survival rates have barely changed in the last 50 years. But they will also focus on the love, the community of support and personal stories of those whose lives are affected. So join us on our second journey of discovery via the Purple Rainbow Pancreatic Cancer Podcast, made in memory of Seth Goodburn. Welcome to this month's episode of Purple Rainbow Pancreatic Cancer Podcast. I hope you are well. This month I have been talking to an extraordinary woman. Her name is Maggie Blanks and she is the founder and CEO of a charity called Pancreatic Cancer Research Fund. She set it up in 2003 after her husband died. Now that's a story We hear quite often that people take action after a loved one dies. But Maggie's story really, really affected me. I'll let Maggie tell you more about everything. It was uh, set up following the death of my husband, Alan, from uh, pancreatic cancer in 2003. Like many who've lost someone to pancreatic cancer, I discovered uh, that this particular cancer type was uh, pretty lethal. Uh, I had heard of it before, um, but not really had any idea of the specifics, how how it kind of worked. And so discovering in the most painful of ways more about the the disease following Alan's diagnosis um, and uh, discovering, in fact, after his death, when I was still poking about into the subject, um, discovering that this terrible survival rate uh, had been terrible for decades was was the f- the first confirmation piece of information I found and then I around the same time uh, there was a report issued um, about uh, how much is spent on research for each of the different cancers by the major funding bodies in the UK, whether that be governmental, charitable, um, or pharmaceutical industries. And um, the report stated in black and white that uh, pancreatic cancer was one of the underfunded charities, uh, sorry, cancers in terms of research. Um, and I was just 
outraged having learned that we were talking about a five-year survival rate that was around three percent and had been that for 40 years to then discover that the amount of research attention that this lethal cancer was getting was um, minuscule I, I was just outraged by this and it seemed so unjust and the I suppose the injustice of it felt very personal because um, I'd lost Alan I'd lost the the one who, who was my the one um, and um, I just felt that uh, it, he needed a he would have needed a fairer chance of survival and to still be talking you know years after the um, an unchanging survival rate still talking about that same survival survival rate and the confirmation that that this particular cancer was was receiving so little attention research wise it, it i i just was furious and i think i've stayed furious ever since actually <laughs> Furious with a purpose is useful though, isn't it? And to have that, to take that anger, to take that fury and channel it into something that's hopefully going to produce some positivity. How, how has that been for, for you? How has it, has it, has it helped? Has it helped you? Um, yes, I, I, I think it has. Uh, I mean, at the time I remember when I made these discoveries, especially about the, the, uh, the, the poor level of funding for research for pancreatic cancer. And I railed to family and friends about it for, for weeks. I was just saying, this is just awful. It's terrible. How can this be allowed? It's just not right. And after a while, I think they got uh, sick of hearing me railing. And so one of my friends said, um, look, if you feel so strongly about it, why don't you do something? Um, and I thought, yes, he, he's probably right. Um, so what's needed is more research. The, the investment in research were, was uh, um, evident for many other cancers. Um, the, the benefit of investment in research, the improvements in survival rates that have been seen uh, in that uh, last 40 years. So um, it, it, it gave me the focus to say, okay, research is, is the key here. To, if we don't want people to die of this awful cancer, uh, we need to help m get more research done. So uh, we'll, we'll set up a charity that can that can help achieve that we'll we'll raise funds that can go to more research and uh, that was our uh, objective then and it's remained our objective and um while i've learned in the the time since the charity was set up how tough a challenge pancreatic cancer is uh, it's difficult to diagnose, so you're already on the back foot with with this particular cancer because often by the time people are diagnosed with it, it's it's advanced. 
so that the the challenge of diagnosing it, detecting it early, is a, is a huge challenge. But then the position of the pancreas is is difficult. It's you know kind of tucked around by other important organs, and the pancreatic cancer is very good at spreading. Uh, to other organs um, quickly, uh, whereas some other cancers, it, if they spread, it can be a sort of slower process. So you've got more time to to do either um, head it off or or tackle it. Um, and uh, so there are all these challenges that make pancreatic cancer uh, a, a tough one, a tough nut to crack. But I I've always felt that okay, we may never achieve the 70, 80, 90% survival rate that some other cancers uh, have achieved. But we can sure as hell do better than 3% as it was then. <laughs> and in the time that the charity has been going, there has been a small, a small percentage increase in the five-year survival rate. So there's lots more to do. But what we've been able to see, and we are a, a, a small charity in terms of the, um, the contribution to, to research, but uh, we've, what we've been able to provide, as many of the researchers whose work we funded have said, is the seed corn money for the, the early research, the, the basic research that needs to be done to understand the disease and that then provides the opportunity for researchers to get their preliminary data that then they can go to other funders with for when they're looking for much bigger amounts of money so we've nurtured and fostered some of the the you know the basic research that has then been taken on and funded uh, elsewhere to develop the possibilities in that and also some of the researchers whose work we funded, some of them have been um, early career researchers. And it's been very rewarding to, to hear them say that our funding of their project has been a, an important jump off point for their career, the start of their career as an independent researcher, you know, setting up their own lab and so on. And, and but with the intention of staying in the pancreatic cancer field. So I'm a big fan. I, where I grew up, there was lots of oak trees. And I'm a big fan of that little, the whole little metaphor from, <laughs> from small acorns grow mighty oaks. You are, you, you're giving those acorns the growth to become the mighty oaks, aren't you? I, I, that was, that's a nice way to think about it. And uh, yes, I think one or two of our supporters have made the, the same analogy. And, uh, and yes, I, I think that's the sort of role that we play um, uh, in the kind of um, research uh, amounts that we can, uh, we can offer for individual projects. It's not, it's not the, the, you know, the big stuff, the, the, the clinical trials, which is the end of the research journey, if you like, where you're, if you're at the clinical trial stage, if that goes well, then you may be talking about um, you know, a treatment or a test that's going to be in use with, with patients. That's the, um, the end of quite a long journey. But clinical trials are in terms of cost are big money. Um, you, you could be talking about three, four, five million pounds, even, even more. 
we are we are not in that league unfortunately but we've been involved in an earlier stage of the journey to get there by offering the uh, the what's called the project grants to to researchers who are interested in making a dent in the impact of pancreatic cancer and have their their uh, their ideas uh, and are just looking for a way to get started is it important to you that you do stay at this end of the of the spectrum as such so you are doing that that beginning side of things rather than becoming like one of the big mega charities and funding everything left right and center is it <laughs> is being at the beginning and, and almost, I guess it's keeping that personal touch a little bit more as well. Is that right? Is that something that you, you, you enjoy being part of or is a core value for you? That, it's interesting that you, you talk about the personal touch because I, um, I think that is something that we, we feel we do have just be, by being small. Uh, and the personal touch is not just with our supporters, Many of whom I I know because I've met at events or I've I've spoken to them on the phone various times. I I know many of them by their voices when they call up and and they recognise that personal element as well. Um, but also it is yes with researchers um, I try because we 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 may be funding say half a dozen research projects each year. Uh, and where we're funding someone at a new institution, a, an institution that's new to us, um, once once all the contracts and things are done, I, I do try and um, visit the researchers, partly because I I want to remind them, not that they usually need reminding, that this money has come from the hard work and the dedication and commitment of, of many of our supporters, um, but it's also about um, finding out a bit more about the nature of of their project, um, discussing uh, you know, what their what their hopes and expectations are about the work, um, uh, establishing whether they you know want want to be involved with our fundraising in any way, those sorts of things. So it's a personal visit, and um, a number of them have um, expressed surprise. But pleasure that these that the, the, this visit uh, has taken place. They say that um, it's unusual um, for um, perhaps the, some of the other research funders that uh, that they uh, they have contact with. And I'm not surprised. You know, if you're the MRC uh, or Cancer Research UK and you're funding hundreds, if not thousands, of um, researchers, then. Uh, uh, you, you can't be visiting them all, but um, because we're dealing with more manageable numbers, um, it is uh, it is possible. And I find it's um, it's Im- important, I think, uh, for the researcher to understand a bit more about the charity and and the basis of our existence. But I find it rewarding as well. I, I it's a chance to learn more about. Uh, the research that they're doing but also the wider research effort into pancreatic cancer and uh, that that's something that's that I'm keen to do to understand the wider the wider picture if you don't mind 
Would you tell me a little bit about about Alan, please? Because I feel that we're, we're, he's he, he's missing from this so far in our conversation, and I feel he he's I feel that there's an influence of him in everything you do still. Oh yes, yes. So in this, in in some ways, I I I tend to think of the the charity and 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 it's the research that it's funded as as restoring some of the injustice that I think he uh, he was um, uh, a victim of uh, by being um, diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. So. Uh, so he died in 2003 uh, at the age of 56 and um, he and I uh, had only just got together as, as a, a couple, as it were. I'd known Alan for many years before then um, as a friend. We, we worked in the same place um and uh, uh uh he was um he was a great uh social organizer uh in the 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 workplace that that we were both based in uh and so um i everybody knew him because he was organizing squash tournaments and and quiz nights and and this that and the other um, so I, I, I'd known him from that point of view, but um, he, he was married to uh, another friend of mine, um, uh, Nikki, and uh, um, sadly Nikki died of breast cancer. And um, although uh, I'd uh, long since sort of left the organisation that, that Alan and I had worked in, um, before uh, I, I, I was still I kept in touch as a friend, as as many other of the, the sort of ex-employees did. Although we went our various ways into other jobs and so on, there was still this social glue that uh, kept us connected. I think as often as uh, uh, I think that was as a result of Alan's um, you know kind of efforts uh, while we were all working in the same place and so when I learned of Nikki's death from uh, breast cancer I um, I just sort of did what friends do I, I, I rang um, rang Alan and, and told him how shocked I and sad I was to, to hear the news uh, and um, I just sort of kept in touch on the phone because we were in different uh, geographical places just rang now and again to see how he was doing um and um he said uh, uh, in one phone call that he'd um he'd started to listen to bits of classical music he couldn't bear to listen to any of the the, the sort of pop stuff and things songs with words that perhaps he'd uh, he'd enjoyed with Nikki, so he he started listening to classical music because it didn't have words uh, yeah. words that might remind him of, of things. So um, uh, so as a lover of classical music myself, I I was interested and said, oh, so what what is it you're listening to? Um, and he said, oh, I've discovered this piece by so and so, and I said, uh, well. It, if you if you like that, then 
you you might try you might like to try such and such so we would have these phone conversations about uh, what had he been listening to and what did he like and uh, was there uh, yeah, anything else that uh, he might try and so um we ended up going to a concert um in in um, in the Barbican, I think um, our first concert together, just as friends, but as a way to just um, you know kind of experience some uh, some some other classical music, and and things just developed from there. Um, the friendship blossomed into um, something more, and we realised that we we wanted to uh, to to spend our future together. Um, so I uh, did uh, uh, move from where I was living uh, in Gloucestershire, moved uh, in with Alan in London. Um, and a month later, he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Gosh. So I've, I've, I've kind of known him for a long time as a friend, but not very long as, as a husband. Uh, he and I got married three months before he actually died, um, and uh, and so it, it's a strange kind of uh, situation because there are lots of things that I never got time to learn about. I learn about him, you know, in in a kind of very personal way. You never got to know those annoying habits. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was there was. T- it was time enough for that. Okay. Yeah. Was, uh, from my moving in to to his death was was about a year. Well, plenty of time but, for annoying habits. Indeed. Then. Yes, indeed. But but it was only as I said a, a few weeks after I'd moved in that that he got his his diagnosis. So what we were focusing on, you know, w- w- was was pancreatic cancer and not uh, why do you keep leaving towels on the bathroom floor. So. <laughs> Yeah, sorry for putting words in your mouth, but for me, it would be like you feel your future with Alan was totally stolen from you. Yes, I felt I felt very cheated because I um, I knew I loved him madly, and we were looking forward to uh, a future together was that was sort of rather very different from what I'd envisaged for myself sort of pre pre Alan as it were. Um, but it was, it was a future that had, you know, um, uh, as well as love, there was companionship and uh, joint interests and plans for traveling plans for hearing more opera, which I'd got him interested in, um, in, in, you know, exotic places like Italy and, and, and so on and so forth. So we had all these potential plans, um, and they were, they evaporated in an instant. And, um, yes, I felt very cheated that, um, the, the path that, uh, I looked to be traveling in the future was not anything like the one I'd envisaged. Uh, whereas Alan, being typical Alan, was very philosophical. Um, and he said, um, you have to play the hand you're dealt. 
and I try and remember that <laughs> on occasions when um, when things get difficult. Are you okay? Yes. Yes. Sure. Indeed. Yeah. And and the uh, the charity uh, and but, but what we're able to achieve through the charity um, is uh, well has has become my entire life since since it was set up i set it up the year after alan died um without any any knowledge of what <laughs> what running a charity involved it just seemed to me that if we wanted to raise some money for research setting up a charity was the way to do it i didn't know any millionaires or any i didn't have any very wealthy friends so charitable fundraising seemed the the, the logical option um and um it's uh, it's been a, a sort of full-on way of life ever since um and as well as the the contact with research and researchers the supporters that make it all possible are an amazing source of comfort and interest and uh, enthusiasm and, and and so on for me i've as i said earlier i've got to know um many of them uh, quite well uh, just because they stay as um uh, as long-term supporters and uh, their dedication their creativity in in fundraising um never ceases to amaze me but we also share the same experience because most of our supporters are people who've lost someone whether it's family or friend to pancreatic cancer so they know that I know something of what they've experienced, and and we we can talk in that kind of context. I talk about the pancreatic cancer community quite a lot on this podcast, and it's a community obviously no one really wants to be part of, but when they're part of it, it's such a beautiful community of people that have been through something generally or are going through something that is just it's horrific there's no yeah. uh, there's no other word out there but the i've i've never failed to have just been just amazed by just that sense of community that sense of understanding and empathy as well i think that's really important isn't it yes yes absolutely um and it and it it's expressed in different ways but one of the ways i i see it in action very clearly is when we have our supporters conference. Uh, we run these conferences every two years and, and they, it, they are for supporters because we're so keen to f have ways to show our supporters what their money, their efforts, their interest is achieving in terms of the research. Uh, that um, we decided one of the ways we could do that was by having a, a conference every couple of years uh, and getting as many of the supporters as possible to come along and hear presentations from some of the researchers whose work uh, is being funded by the charity. And we've had, um, gosh, we must have had, 
about five, five of these conferences now. And at every one, um, and it's about 150 um, supporters who managed to come along. That's only a small number of, uh, of our supporters. But the, um, the buzz that is there in, uh, in the conference uh, from the moment people start arriving and they get they getting their coffee and they're chatting to 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 their fellow supporters and then during the coffee breaks when they've heard some of the presentations and over lunch and, and so on the 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 buzz the interaction uh, is is for me um, just one of the indicators of, of how connected this each supporter feels to the others and uh, some of the feedback that that i got from uh, from our last uh, conference so that was some um, autumn autumn last year um sort of encapsulated that it was from um a lady whose whose husband had had uh, uh, recently died of pancreatic cancer um and uh she'd uh, she was a bit uncertain about whether to come to the conference because everything was still pretty raw for her but uh, she decided she would come and um she she emailed me afterwards and 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 said uh, she said i am so glad i i i came along hearing the the the, the researchers talking was was so inspiring but talking to some of the the other supporters when I had the chance was also so uh, important for me. It, uh, it, the, the whole atmosphere felt like a big family, and and just reading that little phrase there, that you know, that it felt like a big family. I know I absolutely understood what she meant, and I took you know, great pride in in in. in feeling that we 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 enabled that sort of opportunity and experience looking ahead now what what are you hoping for for the future um obviously it's been a tough it's been a really tough few months for for charities in particular with a, a pandemic going going on um <laughs> just a little issue of a pandemic uh, but so what what what's happening next what are the big steps for you next do you think you're, well, the the, the pandemic uh, yeah, has has affected so many things, and and certainly the, the the charity sector has been been hard hit in many ways. Uh, so um, the uh, the universities where much of the research that we fund takes place is that uh, they are slowly coming back to to sort of being open and, and research labs are beginning to be open but I think that's going to still be on a fairly partial basis or you know kind of time limited basis for a while but hopefully you know some of the research can can um, uh, resume it albeit in a perhaps more um, limited way for, for for the short term anyway um but um what we because our income was hard hit like many other charities we've had to uh, uh miss this year's award round we have one one award round per year where we uh, our research grants are are allocated uh we we've had to miss 2020 
but we're keen to uh, to get going again um, with the 2021 award round. And whereas that would normally open in January and we'd get final funding decisions after the peer review in, in the autumn of 2021, we, we, we've decided we'll bring things forward a bit. Uh, so still make funding decisions in 2021, but uh, earlier on in the year rather than in the autumn. So we'll start, we're going to open our award round um, uh, fairly soon, in fact, uh, and, and have a deadline for applications of uh, end of November. And then the subsequent few months will be when the peer review process takes place you know the external assessments of, of the, the applications to choose the strongest ones so we we uh, are keen to make that our first uh, priority in order to to get back to funding research albeit you know we've missed a bit as it were and um and then we'll we'll sort of take it from there because we'll still have to we're still going to feel the effects of uh, a drop in fundraising the, a lot of the mass participation events you know the marathons and the 10ks and uh, there's still a big question mark about how many of those will be uh, up and running next year uh, and uh, a big part of our income um, uh, hangs on on those so but we know we, we can at least get going with some funding for the 2021 round uh, um, the other thing I suppose that, that I'm particularly excited about, although you have to be patient with research, I've learned it takes time. <laughs> uh, uh, one of the, the bigger pieces of research that we, we committed to funding um, uh, uh, that, it, uh, that at the end of last year that's got, got underway at the beginning of this year uh, was um, a, a validation study for um, an early detection test for pancreatic cancer. And as I was saying right at the beginning, uh, you know, early detection, early diagnosis of pancreatic cancer is a big challenge. Um, and while there is a, a lot of research going on at the moment, uh, and has been for the last year or two, into uh, some kind of test, um, there's nothing out there at the moment. Uh, most of that research is focused on uh, something that would be a blood test, mark some kind of markers in blood that uh, could be the basis of a blood test. The piece of research we funded um, with a researcher at Bart's Cancer Institute was for uh, a urine test. For a long time, she's... Uh, been researching uh, pinpointing markers in urine that can detect early pancreatic cancer and uh, we funded that earlier research uh, she's now at this or was at the beginning of this year at the stage of doing the the big clinical uh, study validation um, so although I said right at the beginning of our conversation, the clinical trials stuff, generally where it's drug-based, we're not in that game because it's very expensive. This particular, it's not a clinical trial because it's not drugs, but it's a clinic called a clinical study. So it's still four years. Uh, and uh, in order to, to uh, gather urine samples from about 3,000 people who are suspected of having pancreatic cancer 
Um, but that, uh, um, uh, if if all that comes out and works as we hope, then that will be the the world's first urine test uh, for pancreatic cancer. Um, and uh, the project did start, the study did start at the beginning of this year, of course had to be suspended um, in, in the last few months because of COVID, but uh, is now resuming in terms of collecting urine samples from patients referred for investigation. Uh, so um, I, I'll have to contain my, ex my excitement for a few more years, but uh, the very fact that this work is underway uh, uh, thanks to our supporters uh, you know, who've raised substantial amounts of money to fund this particular piece of work. That's, uh, that's certainly part of uh, the future for us. Wow, that's fascinating and really exciting. And just what a legacy as well, you know, just to be putting it forward. That, that's brilliant. Well, that would be that would be wonderful, wouldn't it? To, to be able to, to say to Al, as, as I do now and again, um, we, you know, we've we've made a, a big contribution to uh, improving survival chances for pancreatic cancer. I hope you enjoyed listening to Maggie and myself chatting there. And I hope you took from it as well, just the passion and how Maggie has turned that negative into a positive. And just what can be done with not necessarily the millions and trillions and billions that we would all love to have, but how actually a smaller amount of money can just start something, start it, and then it's just going to grow and grow and grow. I'd love to know your thoughts on this episode. You can always get in touch with us here at Purple Rainbow Pancreatic Cancer Podcast by going on the Purple Rainbow website, which is purplerainbow.co.uk.